So I knew what I was preaching. I knew where I was at. I knew the message and I knew the why and, and the how. And then on Wednesday, we're in prayer. And uh, we pray every Wednesday, and someone was praying, and I don't even really remember what they were praying about. Is that bad to say as a pastor? I don't know. Um, ultimately, I remember uh, there were two words they prayed that resonated in my heart when she prayed them. Two words that, that I couldn't shake, and that's probably why I really couldn't remember what else she prayed for, because cause, cause in the moment when the words were prayed, come away, God he just grabbed. You ever have those moments where God just kind of nudges you and says, hey, listen, this is what you need to hear. And maybe it's just for me, but if it's just for me, you're all going to hear it this morning because I have a captive audience. So, I mean, that's where we're going to be. But God spoke to my heart, and, and I really haven't been able to let go of these two words, come awake. I feel like they're words that God needs to speak to his church in this time. I believe the words that God wants to speak to your hearts this morning, come awake. And when I say come awake, I'm not talking about when Roy rests his eyes while I'm preaching. That's not what I'm talking about. I had to get you, Roy. I don't have this opportunity too often where I get to say wake up. But I want to look at, at, at Scripture today. Because there's several times in Scripture where we see these words awake or, or arise or wake up or, or get up. And, and I want to look at what God's saying because I believe that God is speaking to us. I believe that God desires us to hear these words this day. This morning I want to start. It's going to be in Luke chapter 8. And I'm going to read this entire encounter where we see Jesus speaking to a young girl. Wake up. Get up. There's a little bit of a pause in the middle of the story, but we'll get to that. Uh, but I really want to push into the words that Jesus speaks. Father, we thank you this morning that we are here and that you are here. We thank you that you've prepared a word for us. We thank you for the Spirit of God who helps us to hear. We pray, Holy Spirit, you do your work in us this day. God, for myself, as I preach, I pray your very words come from me, that I would be a yielded vessel allowing your will to be accomplished in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. So it says in verse 40 of Luke chapter 8, Now, when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Verse 41, something happens. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house, because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. Now, I will say, on, on a pause there, I can resonate with these verses. My daughter is 10, but I can understand the desperation in Jairus' heart right now. My daughter, my only daughter of about 12 years old, is dying. So he's come to Jesus. And, and, and so Jesus was on his way, and the crowds almost crushed him. So you see the, um, the passion in the moment. Like, I'm guessing he didn't come up and say, excuse me, sir. Excuse me. Kind sir, if you have a moment. My daughter's real sick. Can you come help me? I'm guessing there's an expectation. Like he's grabbing Jesus' arm and he's saying, My daughter is sick. Can you please come do something? My mind, when I see this, this, this Jairus, the synagogue leader, is like dragging Jesus 
to go see his daughter. I mean, he's leaving to get back to his daughter. There's, there's an expectation. There's a, there's a hurriedness in this moment. And so then what happens? As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately he, uh, her bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Seeing then, then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet in the presence of all the people. She told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. While Jesus was still speaking, Someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. I want to pause right there. A lot of times we hear sermons on this woman who was bleeding and she touches the cloak of garment uh, of Jesus. That's not a part of my sermon today. It's a part of the pause in this story. I mean, Jairus is compelled and Jesus is on a mission. But at some point, there's a distraction. At some point, there's something that causes expectations to be delayed. There's something that causes the work of God to be delayed in Jairus' life, in his daughter's life. And I want to, I call these in my notes today, Holy Spirit pause, because I think at times we can resonate with verse 49 of this, where they come and they say, Jesus, forget about it, it's too late She's already dead. And so as I preach this message today on come awake, I want someone, I don't know who, in this room to hear, it's not too late. That's what Jesus, that's what they said. Forget about it, Jesus. You know, we were in a rush. Don't rush anymore. You got delayed too long. Forget about it. You blew your chance. It's too late. The world will tell you at times it's too late for God to do what he said he would do. The world will tell you at times that thing is dead. Don't worry about it any longer. The world will tell you at times if he just would have been here a little bit sooner or if it would have happened yesterday, then everything would be better. Someone in this place needs to hear this morning, it's not too late. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just believe, and she will be healed. He said, it's not too late. So when he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her, her being the daughter. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She's not dead, but asleep. Verse 53 says, they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand. He said, my child, get up. And her spirit returned. And at once she stood up. And Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Verse 52 and 53. Jesus looks at the people who were in mourning. I'm preaching on come awake, but these are just some Holy Spirit pauses as I'm preaching. Someone needs to know it's not too late. And someone needs to know it's not impossible. 
Someone needs to hear that it's not too late, and someone needs to hear that it's absolutely not impossible. What happened was, these people heard Jesus' words. They heard, now Jesus had to have a reputation, or why would Jairus have come to find him anyway? They had to know he could heal. But when Jesus, the one that they sought out to heal the daughter, the one that, that the people knew Jairus went after to heal the daughter, when he comes and says, she's not dead, she's asleep, what did they do? They left. I want to tell you, sometimes it's foolishness to this world, God's plans for his people. It's foolishness. Sometimes people will tell you it's absolutely impossible. They won't even tell you it's too late. They'll tell you she's dead. She's gone. It's never happening. It's impossible. They might even laugh at you. But God. But he took her by the, ch- the hand and he said, my child, get up. Literally in the Greek, you can look at Homer's writing in the Greek, the word here means my child, awake. My child, be awake. My child, come Awake is what Jesus spoke to this girl. And it didn't matter if it took too long. It didn't matter if it seemed to be too late. It didn't matter if it was foolishness to anyone else. But because God spoke, come awake, she arose. Come awake. Come awake. You know, I believe in this place this morning, God is speaking. Maybe he's already spoken. I believe that God, through his spirit, is speaking to us. Come awake. I want to look at several portions of scripture, several stories in scripture where we see these very words reiterated, not just with this young girl, but spiritually speaking in Romans chapter 13. And do this, understanding the present time, at, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to do what? It's time to get up. Your alarm clock's been going off. You've hit the snooze button for too long. He said, the hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. What is he calling people to wake up from? He's calling people to wake up from their sin. He's calling people to wake up from the way that they're living. You're heading down the wrong path. You're doing the wrong things. Wake up. You ever wanted to say that to someone? You watch them. You see them. And they fall in the same pit time and time again, but they keep trying the same way and fall in the same place over and over again. And you just want to say, wake up. I want to say that God wants to say to someone, come awake. That life that you're living, the sin in which you're living in, the reality that you're allowing sin to define you. See, that's what we're talking about. We talked about holiness in Sunday school. 
We're defined by our sin until we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. When you're defined by your sin, Scripture says your sin will lead you to death. The wages of sin is death. So you're allowing your sin to choose you a death. That's an eternal separation from God. That's eternal death that where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's, that's hell. That's the place that you will be because of your sin. Sometimes we need to wake up because of our sin. But once I've accepted Jesus Christ, the scripture says that God gave him to me as a sacrifice for my sins to be forgiven. I confess that he's Lord of my life. Guess what? When he's Lord, he gets to decide who I am. And do you want to know what Jesus decides about you when you've accepted him as Lord? He's called you forgiven. He's called you a child of God. Sometimes we've got to wake up from the sin that is that so easily entangles. We see it in Ephesians chapter 5. For you were once in darkness, but you are now light in the Lord. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It's shameful to even mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That is why it is said, wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead. And Christ will shine upon you. That's why it is said, you might want to continue in darkness, but you need to wake up. Rise from the dead. Don't let sin define you as dead. Don't let sin define your eternity. But let Christ's light shine on you, which calls you a child of God. Wake up. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. I want to say to you this morning, if you're in darkness, if you're continuing in a path of sin, today is a day that God is speaking to your heart. Come awake. Come awake. Wake up. You might be pursuing good in other places. You might think you can be satisfied in different ways. But I am the living water. I am the bread of life. Come awake. Another story, another, I guess this is a letter in the New Testament, Revelation chapter 3. It says, To the angel of the church in Sardis write, These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God in the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up! That's got an exclamation point. I could yell even louder. You had a reputation of being alive, but now you're dead. Wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you've received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know what time I will come. He's writing to the church in Sardis. This is a church that apparently set out to do good things. This is a church that apparently they were following the plans that God had for them, right? 
I mean, he even talks about their unfinished deeds. They started things. But what do I see here? Now, I see someone who, who has a call from complacency. The picture in Pastor Steve's mind, because I've got to simplify things sometimes. You ever been driving for a really long time? And you watch that little dot in the middle of the road? And your eyes get a little bit tired? You know where you're going, but... Man, you just keep driving, and you watch that little dot, and your eyes get tired. And all of a sudden, your wife screams, wake up! Because you've been lulled to sleep by the routine. Church, I believe that there's many in churches today. There's many who are children of God who are walking down the path of Sardis. We're going through the motions and we're being lulled to sleep. We're not accomplishing the deeds that God has set before us. And he's looking at us and he's saying, there's unfinished deeds in your life. There's unfinished things that you've set out to accomplish. There's unfinished things that you need to do that I, God's saying, I need you to do for my sake, for the kingdom's sake. And we're just cruising along, falling asleep. He's saying, come awake. I believe God wants to wake up those who are living in darkness to respond to Him. I believe that God wants to wake up those who are living in Him but are falling asleep. And we're going to look at a story from the prophet Isaiah. Come awake. Isaiah chapter 51. Now, this has got some of the first one. Wake up, wake up, O Jerusalem. You have drunk the cup of the Lord's fury. You have drunk the cup of terror, tipping out its last drops. Not one of your children is left alive to take your hand and guide you. These two calamities have fallen on you, desolation and destruction, famine and war. And who is left to sympathize with you? Who is left to comfort you? For your children have fainted and lie in the streets, helpless as antelopes caught in nets. This is real encouraging. The Lord has poured out his fury. God has rebuked them. But now listen to this, you afflicted ones, who sit in a drunken stupor, though not from drinking wine. This is what the sovereign Lord, your God and defender, says. See, I have taken the terrible, the terrible cup from your hands. Now, I want you to read into this. Now, we, we heard what this cup meant to them. It was famine and war. It was death and destruction. He said, I'm taking that cup out of your hands. Instead, I will take that cup to your tormentors, those who said we will trample you into the dust and walk on your backs. You see, what I believe in Isaiah 51, and we're going to look at Isaiah 52, is God is calling us to wake up to see what he's going to do. I mean, this isn't just a call to repentance here. This isn't a call to recognize their sin. This is a call that, hey, I see the position you've been in. I've seen the destruction that you're dealing with. I've seen the fury that has come upon you. I'm pulling that cup out of your hand, and I'm going to put it in your enemy's hand. Wake up and look. Wake up, because there's something cool that's about to happen. That's what Donna says to Roy every Sunday. Wake up. Pastor's saying something funny. 
Isaiah 52, awake, awake, Zion. Clothe yourself with strength. Put on your garments of splendor. Jerusalem, the holy city, the uncircumcised and defiled will not enter you again. Shake off your dust. Rise up. Sit enthroned, Jerusalem. Free yourself from the chains on your neck. Daughter Zion, now a captive. For this is what the Lord says. You were sold for nothing, and without money you will be redeemed. I want to tell you that to someone here today, or someone who hears this message, God is saying, wake up, because there's something really cool coming. And you don't want to miss it. Can you imagine if you were Zion and you've been living with the cup of fury and you've watched kids die and you've watched the famine and wars and you were sleeping the whole time God did that to your enemies? I mean, come on, I want to see that. When God says that that you were sold for nothing but without money, you will be redeemed, man, that's a cool promise. Come Awake. Come awake. I don't know the details of your life. I don't know the the places you've gone or the cups of fury that you've been holding. But what I want to tell you is God is speaking. He has been speaking it so clearly to my heart. He's been speaking it so profoundly to me that maybe, just maybe, you could hear today, wake up, come awake, come awake, respond to the spiritual call of God, respond to the love of Jesus Christ, respond to God's love that was revealed through His Son. Wake up if you've been in the routine and in the ritual of relationship and you're falling asleep at the wheel. Today is a day he wants you to wake up. And for some, he's saying, wake up. I'm about to do something cool. I'm about to do something incredible. It's going to be something that people cannot deny that I am doing. It may be too late, and it may be impossible. It may be foolishness to everyone else, but God is saying to you this day, wake up. In my heart, I wonder if there aren't dreams that God has placed inside of you. In my heart, I wonder if there's not plans and promises that God has spoken to you. He said, I will raise your daughter, and it was too late. It was too long in coming, and people laughed, and people told you it was never going to happen. But God is saying this day, wake up, it's about to come. I'll read Proverbs so I don't have to be mean. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer, ruler, and it stores up provisions in the summer and gathers food for the harvest. How long will you lie there, sluggard? You guys can come up here. I'm going to read verse 9 a couple times. How, will you, how long will you lie there, sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? She's closer now. I might be in trouble. I remember when we first got married. 
And, you know, whoever made alarm clocks, why they put a snooze button on them, I want to. You know what I'm saying? I remember we first got married. We were living in our house on Harvard Street and, and, and well, Newport, Southgate, whatever town you want to look at. I'm a new married guy, and my wife's alarm goes off. So when your alarm goes off, what are you supposed to do? Huh? Come awake! About the fourth time she hit the snooze button. Well, why'd you set your... I set my alarm early so I could hit the snooze. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? You know what? I feel like we've been hitting the snooze button. I feel like we've been pressing that button just for some more sleep. God will give sleep. He promises sleep. But there's a time when God says, come awake. You know, with Lazarus, when he came to the tomb, Lazarus was asleep. He told his disciples, and then he told them he was dead. But Jesus again comes, and they say it's foolishness. He stinks. He's been in there for four days. And he says, Lazarus, come forth. This morning, I believe that that God is speaking to our hearts. Come away. I believe He may be speaking to that promise in your life. Come awake. That thread that was so profound at one time, that project that you set out to accomplish, that unfinished business that you just haven't gotten back to, those things that you started but you never fulfilled, God's saying, come awake. Father, I come to You this morning. And I thank You for this Word. God, I thank You for Your words that come to Your people. And this morning, I pray that we would hear the alarm clock. God, I pray that we would respond to Your words that speak out to us in love. Hey, wake up. You know, God, if there's anyone in here who doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, if there's anyone in here who's living in darkness, God, I pray that this morning they would hear you say, Hey, wake up. I love you. I love you so much I sent my son Jesus to die. I sent him to die not for, for, for foolish reasons, but, but so that your sin could be forgiven. That you could be with me forever. Wake up. Receive what I have for you. To the others that that maybe we've been lulled to sleep. Maybe we've been going and going, God, and, and we're not even sure where we're headed. We knew where we were going, but the GPS is turned off, God. I pray that this day that you can nudge us. Say, hey, come awake. Wake up. There's unfinished business to be accomplished. There were 
were some really cool things that we were doing five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 40 years ago. There were some really neat plans that you'd set out to accomplish that I dropped in your heart. And we've been pursuing our own ways for such a long time. And you're just saying, hey, come awake. And to those, to all of us, God, I believe something great is about to happen. You're not out of control in the world we're living. You're not surprised by the situations that we're facing, God. And I believe that something great is coming. God, I believe personally in lives, there's promises that are about to be fulfilled. God, I believe that in our church, there's plans that you're bringing to pass. I believe in our nation and in our world, God, there's things that you're doing. And you're just saying to your people, hey, come awake. It's about to happen. Something cool is coming. Don't miss it. Let's come awake. In Jesus' name, I want to give people an opportunity to respond. There's a song. Pam sung this song a few times when she's led worship, and I asked her to to have it ready for this morning. But as we sing this song, if, if God's been speaking to you about any of these areas, and you need to stand up, stand up. If you need to come forward, come forward. If you need to do something, do something. As a pastor, I'm here to pray with you. If you've got other situations that you're dealing with in life, other concerns, what better way to, to, to do than, than present them before the very throne of God this morning? I'll pray with you. I'll agree with you. If there's another situation, if you want to respond to the call to wake up, it's your choice. You can leave here and hit the snooze button again. You can go find that nice, comfortable couch and sit in your recliner and turn the Bengals and Steelers on and fall asleep. It's your choice. It's your response. You can ignore the one who's speaking or you can respond to what he's saying to you. Not to everybody else, but to you. Amen? Come away. Get up. Wake up. Come awake. Awaken. Awaken if you need it in King James. I don't want a Holy Spirit elbow. You know what I'm saying? God is alive. Death been defeated. That promise is not impossible. That plan is not foolish. The only foolishness is continuing in the darkness. So wake up. Because God's going to do something. Wake up. It's coming and it's going to be cool. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. May He turn His face towards you and grant you His peace. And may you wake up.
Now you come away. Amen? Be blessed.